folks, and welcome back to the Real Appeal Podcast. Uh, we want to hope you had a good new year. Uh, I know we did. Uh, this is our first episode of the year, and hopefully not the last. It won't be. Okay. That's I'm good not done know. torturing you yet. I have a whole new quota to fill for the year. Oh, shit. <laughs> that, uh, that evil diabolical woman you hear is my co-host kelsey loisel hi kelsey hi <laughs> <You'll> fuck. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh like i said earlier we want to welcome you guys back um let's go ahead and get through the social media stuff because we got a lot to talk about for this episode uh you can reach us on facebook twitter instagram uh, the Real Appeal, uh, that's real with two E's. Uh, you can contact us at Gmail at therealappeal at gmail.com. Uh, give us a five-star review. If you got a you know, couple seconds to spare. And, uh, you know, we really like those. So for this week's episode, um, we got a few things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the news, which is chock full with uh, Golden Globes uh, that happened this past Sunday. Our recent review is Bong Joon Ho's now foreign uh, foreign film global winning uh, movie. Uh, oh, sorry, Golden Golden Globe winning foreign film Parasite. <laughs> we have a return of what the fuck did we just watch? Yes, and we are going to talk about cats. <laughs> Woo, we have a lot to say, uh, and then our geriatric cinematic is Escape from New York. Um, that intro that you heard is from the opening of that movie. If you did not recognize it, I fucking love that song. Uh, but Done by John Carpenter, and I forgot who else helped him compose it. So yeah, that's what we got planned for this week's episode. But Kelsey has a, a bit of a story she wants to share. <laughs> as she waves her hands in the air. And I don't care. <laughs> Okay, so I've been wanting to adopt this stray cat mm. before anyone thinks about why would you adopt a stray cat. Mm. I don't fuck with stray cats, but this one is really sweet. Why not? Why don't you? What's, what's wrong with uh, stray cats? Uh, they usually they have bad manners. Mm, um, okay. Usually they're more feral. Gotcha. Okay. So usually you don't want them in your home, mm. but this one has been coming around for like. A year and a half. Has it been that long? It's been that long. Wow, okay. Um, at least that. Yeah, uh, but before we go any further, I, I myself have a cat. It, it was a stray cat, but it was a, I got it as a kitten. Yeah, she was four months old when you got her. Yeah, so she's she's been like acclimated to being an indoor cat like for life now. Yeah. But let, let's, go on about, let's go about this, uh, this new uh, addition to your, your family. Yeah, so where I live, though, you can't have cats. Mm. And even I tried taking your cat in for a little while while you got her spayed and they're like, no, you're going to cure or quit. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the stupid ass, like there's no cat, there's no animals allowed where you live. Except the people upstairs have two dogs and one of them is vicious. Yeah, exactly. But the way how you got around this is. I went to, uh, I've been going to therapy mm. and I asked my psychologist, you know, do you do emotional support animal letters? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. So, um, so I got one. Mm. And uh, no, you cannot jump on my lap. Yeah, that's Kelsey currently talking to her cat that's staring at her yeah, right she, now. She wants to jump up on my lap. <laughs> okay. The cat 
recently within the last month because I've been not only letting her in before I got the letter. She actually will come into my apartment and jump up in my lap, nuzzle my hair, and then fall asleep. Oh, okay. Like, she's really not... She doesn't want to be outside. I know she doesn't. Yeah. So, uh, I finally got her today. Like, I've been waiting all week. Mm-hmm. More than a week. Where mm-hmm. the fuck is this cat? She wants to jump up on your no, lap. No, she's not jumping she? on my lap. We're, she wants to, though. Uh, hey. See? Hey, Lacey. <laughs> that's the cat saying, Lacey, we're recording a podcast right now. You're going to have to wait. Do you want to say something? You can come up while I'm talking about you. Come on. <laughs> so right now, Kelsey's trying to get that cat to come up. Come I don't, on. Oh, 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 and it's up. It's up. Okay, so the cat's currently on her lap right now. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's nice, kitty. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> continue with your story before this is the Real Appeal Cat Podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, she's purring in my ear. Uh, and so I thought she was not coming back. Yeah, because you had, as soon as you got that that ESA uh, letter, uh-huh. uh, you went out and bought like a cat tree, yep. litter box, yep. food. Like you you splurge on a cat that you don't even know that might even come back. Exactly. Yeah. And I even got her a water fountain oh, to drink God, out of. That is, that is <laughs> Look, that, 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 I know it's not, but that water fountain looks bougie as shit. It was not that expensive though. I, yeah, that's true. But like, like for example, like my, my cat, I just have, it is a cat like... The two the two space dish pan where it's just like food and water right next to it. And like that's it. Yeah. And she just like goes off of that. But you're just like, no, I need to give her like this like, nice ass cat tree, this uh water this what it what's it called? Like recycle it's not recycled water water what's what's the thing called? It's a filter. It's a filter, but it, it but it like it's like a fountain. Yeah, like a but little, yeah, it pumps water out. Yeah, like it's got a little pump in it, so yeah. it's continuously flowing water. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, you <laughs> fucking serious. Your claws are hurting me. Yeah, I don't think she wants to get off now. No, she doesn't. Oh, she's had to go. Anyway, okay. So, anyways, mm. as I turn my back on her, yeah. Uh, so I got her all this stuff, and I was so sad yesterday mm. because. I got a pedicure, and the pedicure place is near my apartment. Okay. And I went uh, by the apartment afterwards, and mm-hmm. I saw a cat. And that, that wasn't her, right? It wasn't her. Like, okay. I was chasing this cat. Like, I'm like, why aren't you coming to me? Like, usually you come to me. Mm-hmm. And I chased it around the side of the apartment. Mm-hmm. And, like, not, I wasn't running, but I was, like, it was, like, in the bushes, like, slinking. Like, why the fuck are you, you know, stalking me, you weird human? Mm-hmm. And when I finally got to the end of the bush and I saw the cat and it kind of looked at me with these big eyes, like, I don't know what the, it didn't, well, didn't seem like a very intelligent cat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's why you're weird. You're not lazy. There's <laughs> no a, white on you. That's like, that's like that whole thing of like when somebody like has a, they're in a relationship and that person gets dumped and they're like, oh, they're, they're over there. I want to talk to them. And they turn around and like, oh, oh, I, I I thought you were someone else. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I got my kids back yesterday from their dads. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought that she wasn't going to come back at this point because it's been more than a week. And usually she's only gone for like four or five days. Okay. <sighs> and as soon as I picked my kid up from school and I went back to work and I was at work for like 45 minutes and mm. then 
my daughter's like, Lacey's here. Yeah, she texted you, right? Or yeah, she, she, okay. le- she texted me. Uh. And I'm like, oh my God. So then I was so fucking hyper <laughs> at work. I was telling all my coworkers. Yeah. I am going to adopt this stray cat. <laughs> okay. And I even immediately went on the PetSmart website and printed out a coupon so I could take her to the vet. I made an appointment for tomorrow already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have to get her fixed because if she's not, it doesn't seem like she's been pregnant in the year and a half that we've known her. So Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure the vet, the vet will be able to tell you. They told me. I asked them. They said a scar could be, mean anything. Oh, uh, okay. So they would just either do an exploratory surgery or do a spay and a spay is cheaper. So if they find nothing when they go in there, then you still have to pay for the spay. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, she's been coming around for about a year and a half, and she hasn't came back with any like little kittens or anything like that. So yeah. it's safe to assume that maybe she she's, might have been someone else's cat that got spayed, and maybe they just stopped taking care of him or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, also... That could actually still be someone's cat. And they're like, where's Lacey? Yeah. What happened to her? That's uh, the other point of taking her to the vet tomorrow. If they scan her and she has a chip. Oh, okay. If she doesn't have a chip. She's all yours. Then she's mine. Okay. Yeah, you know what? My my cat has a chip, I but I've just never registered it. Oh. I still, and I have the paperwork, too. I just haven't. I just, you should. I well, just in I, case. Yeah, I, I mean, she she doesn't go outside or shit. I remember what that Except one. Except for time. that one time, she fell off the fucking balcony. Yeah, I, I live. <laughs> I, I currently live in a uh, in an apartment that's on the second floor, and my cat has a, used to have a habit of jumping on the balcony rail, and just kind of just chilling out and everything. And the apartment next to mine is connected. Uh, it has the rail is kind of connected, and I guess she went over there. Actually, it's not connected. There's a wall, but she could jump over. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a little space where she can kind of put her paw around or something like that. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then walk over there. And I guess, I think that person has a dog that maybe scared her. And then she jumped and fell on the side. And I remember like... I don't think so. I think she tried jumping over and then she just fell. Well, because I remember, because I remember, she knocked over, she knocked over that planter. Yeah, because they had a planter up there, but I think she tried to get over there and Mm. she fell. And while she was falling, she knocked the planter over. Yeah, and uh, you were there, and we're like, we're like, pocket. My cat's name is Pocket. We're like, Pocket, where are you? And I'm like calling her and everything, and then I'm just like, oh fuck, she went on the side. And for a while, we were like walking around my apartment complex, like calling her name and everything. And all I kept thinking was like, I hope she does not. She didn't break a leg or a hip or she's limping or anything. Because, I mean, back, in, I mean, when I was growing up, if we had an animal that was like fucked up, it was like, that's it. That animal's no longer ours. <laughs> like, you know, we don't, we don't take it out of the back and like blow and shoot it like old yeller status, but we're just like, yep, that's not our dog now. Or that's not our cat or whatever. Yeah. And I kept looking at you like, you know what? She's limping. Fuck it. It's not my cat anymore. But Seiko was just like, God damn, I got to get money to fix this fucking cat. God, I love this cat. <laughs> but fortunately, like, I found her. She was, like, hiding in the corner of a, in a garage. Just kind of, like, scared, like, shocked and stuff. Yeah, and, she was just hiding. And I'm like, oh, the poor baby. Yeah, and I, like, grabbed her. She, like, clawed right in my chest. Like, just. Like, never let me go. Yeah, but of course, when I dig her inside the apartment, she's like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, thanks. she was like, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the ride, homie. <laughs> that was it. So you have a cat now. I do. And what's the cat's name? Lacey. Lacey. I told my, uh, well, she doesn't like it when I call her my boss, so I don't know what else to call her. Mm. Um, 
I told them that I named her Lacey, and she's like, you know, if you change the A to a U, it'd be a perfect name because her name is Lucy. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think Lucy is more of a dog name than a cat name, anyway. I can picture Lucy being a cat name, though. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a cat no, now. Don't look at me. She's looking what? at me again. Oh, she, she's giving you that look like, <laughs> big me up. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I have a cat and, uh, I'm allowed to have one more cat per my emotional support animal letter. Yeah. And you're going to, you've, um, you're going to take my cat in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm moving, I'm going to be moving soon. I need, need a lacy, lacy, excuse me. I need pocket to stay somewhere for a little <laughs> while. Kelsey has, uh, been kind enough to take her in. So, you know, she gets two cats. All right. <laughs> hey, when you originally got Pocket, we were supposed to share custody of her. Yeah, and I knew that wasn't going to happen because your apartment. We still could have worked it out. No. Yeah. That's my cat. And now you're acting like it's such a big problem. It's my cat. You're going to get to see her. You're here so much anyway. Yeah, but like, you know, when I'm at home, I'm, a, I'm laying in bed watching TV. She's just like, yeah, I'm going to sit and watch TV with you too. And I like that. She's like, going to do that with you like here yeah but like i won't have my bed to do it and like I, it won't it won't just be her and i it'll be her and i and you and Lacey now <laughs> like, ugh. you know we won't be sitting around just be like hey let's watch star trek together and if we just watch star trek or watch cartoons. star trek yeah star trek what star trek oh so, <laughs> you keep saying star trek star trek sorry sorry <laughs> fucking trekkings are like heads <laughs> are exploding star trek the next generation Great shit. So, like you said, Star Trek. That's Star Trek. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so you got a new cat? Happy yeah. about that? Super happy. Awesome. So happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, now you can shut the fuck up about where's the cat. Oh, no. Well, you know, I'm going to shut up about where's the cat. And now I'm going to be like, look, I have a cat. Look, I have a cat. Now you're going to be like, look, I got this cat this. I got this cat this outfit. I got it that outfit. I'm not going to buy her outfit. Oh, thank oh, you. I am not maker. that kind of person. My, my, my kid's mother was trying to get me to um, put an outfit on my cat. She even sent me a picture like, oh, Pocket would look so great in this. And I was like, that guy's going to fucking murder me. <laughs> <laughs> if I made her, I would never make pocket. I don't even have, I don't, I don't even put a, a collar on her, which I should. Which I you even, did get her one. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I got her one. Was that pink one? No. Remember oh, when the, I went oh, and the got leather? the cat stuff? Yeah, no, but originally I remember I, I my ex-roommate bought her a collar, uh-huh. like a pink collar. I was like, this is cool. It had a bell on it. And then within like a day, she was like, you didn't take the bell off. I was like, well, why did you buy the fucking collar then? Yeah. And so I've just, I've just taken the collar off. I just like my cat just without a collar. It's just, I don't know. It just looks right to me. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you mean I wasted money on a collar you're never going to put on her? No, that collar you got, I do like. No. I actually do like that collar. <laughs> Besides the... Um, the her her what's it called her license i have her license tag i need to put on there as well mm. so i'll definitely be doing that soon all right so yeah kelsey got a cat and a lot of people got some golden globes yeah this not cats time? though not cats so <laughs> they still lost <laughs> all right so we're gonna go down uh the winners for uh this year's golden globe awards uh there was a quite a few snubs quite a few surprises as in, um, who came out on top? Um, so they're not—they're not really in any discerning order. We're just gonna kind of go off, and then we're gonna comment on them. What's our take on it? So for the best picture, 
uh, winner for drama is Sam Mendes' uh, 1917. Woo. Uh, we're definitely woo on this, even if we haven't seen it yet. I know, I know I've know. i said repeatedly, like, oh, we're going to review it, we're going to review it, and I, I kept getting the dates wrong. But next week we're going to review it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually, I'm actually surprised this one. Um, well, okay, I'm kind of surprised. I actually kind of thought maybe the Irishman was, was going to win. Um, but I'm glad that it did win because from what I'm hearing, it's it's a phenomenal movie. I almost kind of thought Marriage Story was going to win, and I've not I didn't see that, mm. and I know you did. And I'm kind of reluctant to see it because I have, uh, based on my experience watching Queen and Slim, mm. if there's anything too emotional, it's going to ruin me. Okay, and I already have like my own ideas about what love actually is yeah, and how yeah. everybody else has this fucked up view of it, so no mm. one is ever going to view it the way I do. Mm. Therefore, I'm never going to see a happy relationship the way I see it. Mm. And that that marriage story, like, mm. it seems like they should have been together. It's, I mean, during the movie, it's, it, marriage story, they don't, they don't they're not like a session, uh, um, constantly fighting with each other. There's this huge blowout scene that happens closer towards the end of the movie. I watched it and um, it kind of fucked me up. I, That's I've never, why I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I've never been married. Kelsey, is, is it okay to say? Yeah. Yeah, Kel- Kelsey was married at one point, uh-huh. you know, and she went through a divorce and everything. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I kind of want you to watch it because the writing is so great. It is such great writing. But like, I'll, I don't, I'll come around to it, but yeah. I really got to be in the right headspace. And I probably mm. need to watch it with you. And then I'm probably going to need you to help unfuck me for the rest of the night that sounds so wrong <laughs> unfuck me you know like you know i'm be fucked up from the movie and, yeah. you know gotcha. cheer me up gotcha okay god what do you think uh <laughs> like a cork and a wine i don't know <laughs> uh yeah but yeah um we haven't seen 1917 we are really looking forward to it, especially the fact that it's it's uh shot in a continuous manner yeah, uh, track shot. It, yeah, it's essentially a track shot. But I heard it, it just edited to make it really look like that. Um, I don't know if it's one hundred percent like constant track shot, but from what I'm hearing, it might be. I don't know. I'm hearing like conflicting stories. I about. think, I think when you go see the trailers of it, they actually give you a peek behind the scenes of what they did. And he said it was a con- one continuous shot. Okay. So they had to wait for the weather to be right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we we weren't really too like we didn't we were not upset with this at all. We were just like fuck yeah, perfect. Yeah, we know it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drop motion picture drama. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, let me see. You haven't seen Marriage Story. You haven't seen Little Women. I've seen Bombshell, and I, we've we haven't seen Harriet. No. Um, we've not actually, we, we've never seen Judy. We, well, most of these movies, I'm just like, wow, we've never seen these movies. Um, I was kind of surprised, but not really so much surprised that Virginia Zellweger won. I think she has the chops, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen much of her recently. Yeah, she went and away then she did while. that weird plastic surgery thing that she did. Yeah. And now her speech is slurred, like she's 70 years old and mm-hmm. kind of maybe had a stroke 15 years ago or something. Yeah, I... I, I knew she was like I when when as soon as um as soon as like her name popped up I was just like she's gonna win because it's a it's based off of Judy Garland which is like a tragic Hollywood story yeah and if you know Didn't about she go down in a plane no that's uh 
Who the fuck was that? That's Amelia Earhart. No, Judy Garland. No, Judy Garland, she like died in her home. She had like, I don't know, 700 bucks to her name or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but it, it's a tragic Hollywood story. And I was just like, all right, that's going to win. Like, that's definitely going to win. Granted, like, Charles Theron was pretty good in Bombshell. Um, I haven't really heard anything much about the performance in Little Women. I, I've heard it's a good film, but like, nothing wow. I kind of wish Scarlett Johansson had won because that was a great, a great performance from her. Yeah. Um, best actor in a motion picture uh, drama, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. What did you think about this this one? Um, I liked it a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing: I have an issue with Joker as a whole. Yeah, we we reviewed it. We had some serious issues with it. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix as an actor and in this role was great. So, like, I know we were like, oh, man, Joker. But at the same time, we can't really take that away from Joaquin. Yeah, his performance was... his. It was great. performance was great. Um, <sighs> Christian Bale. I knew Christian Bale wasn't going to win. His performance was good, but it wasn't really mind-blowing. Um, Antonio Banderas was good. But it's kind of him just being Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I didn't see Pain and Glory, but I don't know. It seems like as he gets older, he tends to play the same roles. Like he's not really yeah. stretching his legs. I think because he's got got to a point where he's kind of he's kind of just chill now. He did a miniseries based off of uh, Picasso. I saw it. How was that? It was okay. Okay, then you probably you probably think the same thing for Pain and Glory. Yeah. I mean, granted, the whole movie was great. I mean, I was bawling at the end of the movie, but I I wasn't bawling because his performance before. Sorry. I wasn't crying because of his performance. I was crying because of like the story and like the arc and everything in that movie. Yeah. Uh, best motion picture musical or comedy. <sighs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh my god. Okay, we reviewed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit should have won this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like I, we like Dolomite. That was like that would be a, the runner up. Mm-hmm. I would even say Knives Out could be a runner up mm-hmm. because it tries to be fun, even though I didn't really yeah, entirely. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like it. it so much, but you did get you did get fun out of watching. A little, yeah, I got yeah. some fun. You got some I, of the I got, comedy. I, I I got a feel for some of the characters, and I liked um, Chris Evans mm-hmm. in in his role. Yeah. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood was it's like fucking. Hollywood, you know, jizzing all over itself. Yeah, I I, I tweeted this from our, our Real Appeal t- uh, Twitter account. I said, oh, oh no, actually, I think, I, I, I don't know if it was because it won for comedy or won for writing for Quentin Tarantino. You know, we'll get into that further. Um, but I said, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood win. It's a giant circle jerk for Hollywood. Yeah. Which essentially it is. I mean, we're not the only ones. There are other critics who didn't really like it so much. Um, of course, there are people who are just like, who love Quentin Tarantino, and they just give him a pass for fucking everything. Yeah. This movie, I was like, you know what? I kind of, I'm appreciating more of his older stuff now. After, after watching. Because I'm just like, it's just like the same thing. It is. And also, you could totally see his foot fetish in it. Yeah, that was a big turnoff. You were just <laughs> like, ugh. Fucking feet. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit should have won that one for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. We, we gave that a glowing review. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great, and it was funny as fuck. It was funny. It was clever. Uh-huh. It was original. 
It had heart. It had some serious it heart. It had heart. To- yeah, it definitely, it, it had, even though it was funny, it was more of a dark comedy because it kind of plays with the idea of um, who are we in comparison to other people and yeah. is, is everything that we take so seriously actually serious? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it had like a serious statement about, especially like our current times. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a uh, musical comedy, uh, Aquafina, for The Farewell. Um, so the list, I don't know, the list, I, I kind of looked at this list, I was just like, oh, that's it. Um, I heard that Booksmart was good, and I didn't see that one, and I kind of wanted to. Because it felt yeah. like... This movie that we watched, I'm not going to talk about it because it hasn't really been released yet. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I'll mention the name. It's uh, called Banana Split. Yeah. Though we, there's another movie by that name, but it's not the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, 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 when did we see this? We went to the LA Film Festival like last year. Yeah, not this like, past year. Not the past one that just passed, but the one before that. Yeah. 2018. And it has uh, one of the... One of the kids from The Sweet Life is Zach and Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember you wrote a review, uh, a review for it, and yeah. you loved it. I loved it too. It was a great fucking. Yeah, movie. it was like it's one of those films where you don't, uh, you don't want to like it because it seems like it's going to be cheesy because mm-hmm. it's definitely about friendship and love. Yeah, and finding yourself, and it turns out to be so much. It, it turns out to be something that you need to watch, and mm-hmm. you never knew. Yeah, it. It's, I we don't know why it has not got a distributor. It has not been released. Yeah. It. It. If it ever does, people are are going to compare it to Booksmart, even though this was made before before Booksmart. Yeah. Um, but Booksmart reminded me of that film in the um, in the trailers and stuff. Yeah, especially like the um, the best friend dynamic between the two girls. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of just based on that thought maybe Beanie Feldstein might win. Mm-hmm. Aquafina, I mean she's good in the farewell, but I think that movie by itself is just a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if Aquafina's performance was anything super special. I think because like she was able to like I think I mean it's it's um what's the what's the term I've heard for so many years? Drama's easy, comedy is hard. Uh-huh. And it's a musical or comedy, but like Aquafina's performance was very wasn't really comedic. There was a lot of drama with her character. It um, was drama, but I think it had some comedic timing, things that were almost unintentionally funny. Mm-hmm. But that, I don't even think that was even on her part. And I think I don't know. I think like the Hollywood uh, foreign the foreign ex, the foreign press kind of got that mixed up. I don't know in their mindset they kind of thought like, oh, this is a great performance by Aquafina, um, even though it's more of a dramatic performance. It's her performance is still great. But I think like maybe it would be better if she was put in the drama category for performance. But that movie's more of a comedy. Like she was performing in a dramatic way, but in a comedic film. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that was it. But I, I'm not saying that she wasn't good in it. She was great. Um, and she deserves that award. She's the, what, the first Asian Asian woman to win yeah. that award, which is totally awesome. It just, I don't know, it was just kind of kind of weird to put that in a musical or comedy. Yeah. Her performance. Yeah. In particular. So, mm, best performance by an actor in a musical or comedy. Uh, motion, pic- motion picture. Uh, what's it? Taryn? Egerton. E- Taryn Egerton. 
I was really surprised by this. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought, I, okay, I wanted, in my heart to heart, I wanted Eddie Murphy to win. I would have been okay if Leonardo DiCaprio had won. I wasn't really too, I didn't really care so much about it. That would have been dope if Roman Griffin won, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been dope if he won. Especially yeah. his young age. But yeah, the fact that he won, um, Taron Egerton won for Rocketman, I was really surprised by that. I think he was surprised by it too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, like, you know, everyone <laughs> else had such a great performance too. Yeah, like, uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, best performance by supporting actor in motion picture, uh, Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Pitt won an award. We're playing himself <laughs> and it's and it's actually funny because i was listening to um uh wtf with mark maron and uh-huh. he had brad pitt and leonardo DiCaprio on his podcast and hear brad pitt talk i was like yo dude you're just you're just cliff booth like that you're just cliff booth like stop talking man <laughs> like, you're not brad pitt anymore he, yeah. he was the same he was the same person exactly um best performance by an actor in a comedy series uh rami youssef for rami Yes. <laughs> I love the fact he won this. I didn't watch that, but I highlighted it because I think it's important to... to. First of all, when he went up to get the award, he was like, I stop. I know you guys didn't watch my show. Yeah, right. That was so <laughs> And then like, he was saying, like, he was saying, like, people are looking at me like, did the, did the editor win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he does have kind of a forgettable face. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch the show, though mm. so you wanted me to. And then you know I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. I'm so glad it's come back for a second season with uh, Mahersha Ali in it. Really? Oh, I cannot wait for that season. Yeah, I gotta uh, I gotta catch up on that. Uh, very deserve very deserving uh, deserving for uh, that show. Uh, Paul Rudd was nominated, and I was like, um, all right. I didn't. I like live. I love living with your. I'm sorry. I enjoyed living with yourself, but not really worth it. Bill Hader's Barry. You know, Bill Hader won all the awards last year for Barry. I'm like, yeah, get some. Let someone else get those awards. Yeah. Granted, his performance is really great, but just Rami Yusuf winning, I was just like totally with it. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actor, limited series, Russell Crowe, loudest voice. Um, is he the one with the weird kids? Russell Crowe. No, no, no. That's Pierce Brosnan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan did this weird thing where he introduces kids. Yeah. And his kid is a tall one with the long hair. Both of the boys were up there, like, yeah. you know, like ushering the celebrities to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were there for like a charity or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, they're probably nice kids or whatever, but the tall one was definitely, he seemed like he was nervous. Yeah. I don't think he even spoke. He did. Oh, okay. I think his uh, name was Dylan. <laughs> the other one's name is Paris. Jesus. <laughs> uh, best performance by supporting actor in a series, limited series, uh, TV or movie, uh, Stellan Sarsgaard for Chernobyl. Um, that was a good choice. Uh, Kieran Culkin's session would have been a good choice. I think that would have been a great choice. Kieran Culkin? Yes. I, I l- fucking love him. Oh, in the in the sh- I, oh yeah, because you were you started watching the show, right? I, yeah, but I didn't finish it actually, because we were watching it like mm-hmm. at different times. You had finished the show, and then I thought I was starting on where I left off, and I ended up watching the last episode of the series, and I hadn't even finished like the second season yet. Oh, uh, okay. So I was like, okay, well, 
I don't know. That's a great show. So, but I love him. I think he emotes really well. He kind of has like the sarcastic edge to him. Oh, Karen Colgan? Yes. Yo, Karen Colgan is like, he's like, he's the adrenaline shot that show gets. Yeah. When he comes on screen, it's just like, oh, here we go with the jokes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I've I've heard, I've heard, um, I don't remember where I heard this from, but it was, uh, I think it was an article I read or maybe a podcast. They were talking about Succession. And how Kieran Culkin's character, uh, Roman, it's like constantly talking shit to people. And there are times where like the showrunner or the director is like, just go, like, go rip, just do it, you know? And he'll just do it. And at the end of the cut, he just like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean any of that. <laughs> he's very apologetic for yeah. what he says. But yeah, his performance is great. Um, I did like Stellan Skarsgård's uh, performance in Chernobyl. Uh, he made a joke about his eyebrows, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that he has a very... Someone told him he had a really forgettable face because they didn't know that he was in something. Yeah. And then he says the only reason why he got um, this award is all due to his makeup artist because they actually made him a set of eyebrows so he could actually... <laughs> you could see what expressions he's making. Yeah, that's a, yeah, he always looks like... In his movies, he always looks like he's annoyed or like tired or he's about to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else? What else? Mm, excuse me. Uh, best television series and drama. Uh, the winner was Succession. Well deserved. Yep. Uh, I'm so glad Morning Show didn't win jack shit. <laughs> uh, best performance by actress in a comedy series, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Um, I know we wanted Natasha Leone to win because we really liked her performance in that yeah. show. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Phoebe Waller Bridge was really good. Um, but we would prefer uh, Natasha Leone. Um, best foreign language motion picture, Parasite. Woo. We were, I, was that the that was the second award they gave out, right? Because I because I remember the first award they gave out was Remy Youssef, and I think the second one was the foreign, the foreign award. I think. What do you mean? Well, like no, the like the 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 during the show like this was like the second award they gave out. Oh, so I we, think so. I think so too. But like when we saw it, we're like, yes, that. Beautiful, perfect. Of course, Parasite's gonna fuck. It's a great fucking film. We, yeah. We'll go into more in our review. Yeah, because we're reviewing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see. Les Miserables. Late was it? How do you say it? Les Miserables? Um, I heard it's good. I don't know yet. Pain, I would have been down with, with Pain and Glory to win. That was a great film, but we're so happy that Parasite won. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actor in drama series: Brian Cox in Succession. Great performance as well. Uh, okay. <sighs> Best screenplay. Once upon a time, Hollywood. Uh, yo, no, fuck. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I don't think we even know what to say about that without sounding like bitter critics. Like, yeah. we're not trying to complain or anything. Yeah, it was like a cool look into the past or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really do like, what's her name? Maggie Robbie? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah. Um, I really do like her. Mm-hmm. I just didn't love the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, I, I was kind of rooting for, see, I was kind of conflicted. I was kind of rooting for Marriage Story because it was so, it was so real. Mm-hmm. That script was just so like, damn, I can really picture people having these conversations and getting to these real arguments and yeah. doing this stuff. But Parasite had like a really good message behind it. Yeah. Like a, like a 
like something to really say. So I'd have been fine with Maristore. Either one of those yeah, two. Yeah, Maristore or Parasite. All right. Motion picture. <laughs> best motion picture animated. Okay, before we, if you haven't heard yet, before, before we say who won, I think you and I both agree that we thought Toy Story 4 was going to win. Yes. First of all, there are three. three. Three Disney films on this list. Yeah. And then How to Train Your Dragon, I think, is DreamWorks. Yeah, it's DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. What is Missing Link? Uh, I don't know who the production is. <laughs> <laughs> Missing Link 1. No one saw this movie. It, it, it bombed at the box office. I've heard numbers of I've heard a number of jokes saying that oh the reason why it won is because it was missing like the word missing link was on the ballot and people were just like oh okay I'm, I don't like any of these so I'll just pick the one that's missing like I'll pick this empty space <laughs> other like it's an other link yeah 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 and that's why it won but even like the creators were like uh. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you had noticed that uh, I forgot the, the, who the lady who mm. was like it was a man and a woman who mm. went up to get the award, and the lady was like, you could see her mouthing like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, constantly. Like, what the fuck did this? She's just like, "What happen? the fuck? What the fuck did this just happen?" It's a okay. It's a United Artists film. <laughs> I didn't even know United Artists was still making movies. Um, yeah, Miss Link went for best. Best motion picture, or just like, all right, okay, yep. Uh, it should have been Toy Story 4. I, I believe, let me see, I believe it was the director Chris uh Butler who came on stage, and I think probably like the producer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not catching her name right now, yeah. So that one, um, best performance by supporting actress in motion picture, uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Um. Yeah, her performance was really good. I heard a lot. I heard a lot of people saying that performance was really good. It was. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess. But based on all the other things that in that category, we didn't see three of them. And did you like see. Margot Robbie in Bombshell? Bombshell? Not really. She kind of just. She kind of played a, a more scared. Uh, what's her name? Tanya. No, 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 no. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, oh. Sharon Tate. She kind of played like a more frightened Sharon Tate. Um, I haven't seen Richard Jewell, Kathy Bates, Annette Benning, the report. She was good, but she kind of felt like she was really forcing her performance. Because I think she, I believe she played Nancy Pelosi. She was kind of forcing it out. Um, we haven't seen, we haven't seen Hustlers. From what I heard, Jennifer Lopez's performance is really good, but we haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, for best comedy series, Fleabag. Totally agree. That was great. Um, I've never seen the Marvelous Miss Maisel, but I've heard that is great. Didn't that win awards last year anyway? The Marvelous Miss Maisel? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was, I think it won like a ton of awards. Yeah. Uh, from what I heard, like the second season, I think the second season doesn't really hold up. I uh, think. That sucks. Uh, best original song, I am gonna love me again, Rocket Man, done by, uh, Elton John, and I forgot who was his writing partner with that. Um. Oh, I think his husband was. Was that his husband? Yeah, it's the first thing that they've ever worked on together. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, that that was great. Elton John won an award. Is great. The dude's yeah. a great artist. Uh, Patricia. I'm gonna. I'm. I hope he lives forever. I swear <laughs> I to God. I think he will. Uh, best performance by supporting actress in a series, limited series or TV movie. Patricia Arquette in the act. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen The Crown. I haven't seen Unbelievable. Big Little Lies. 
The only thing I watched was Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. And I don't think I was that impressed with Emily Watson. Yeah. Uh, best performance by actress and drama series, Olivia Coleman. All right. <laughs> I'm so glad Jennifer Aniston didn't win because I don't. I don't like her. her. performance. Sucks. <laughs> um, Jodie Comer is amazing. In Killing Eve, yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny that Olivia. Actually, you pointed. I think you pointed it out. That I did, yeah. Olivia Coleman won a Golden Globe for The Crown. And last year, she won an award for Best Actress playing the Queen of England. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, two years in a row. And the favorite. Yeah, and the favorite. I think that was pretty funny. Uh, best Director uh, for Most of the Picture was Sam Mendes, 1917. Yep. That's cool. Who I thought was Sam Rockwell for a moment. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Very misguided. That's cool. I kind of wish it was actually Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. I, I wish it was Bong Joon-ho because that dude deserved it. Um, best performance by actress in limited series or uh, movie. Michelle Williams and Foss, Foss Lies Verdo. Verdant. Verdant. Haven't seen that. Nope. We haven't seen any of these. The act. Never seen that. No, never seen any of that. Uh, limited series. Best limited series. Chernobyl. Deserving. That was a great show. Best score, motion picture, uh, was Joker. Um, I could kind of see why it got it. Yeah, from 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 what I've seen, Joker and like Marriage Story, um, Joker seems to most be the most memorable. Like even as I'm reading it now, I'm kind of playing the music in my head. Yeah. Um, I believe I forgot what I, I, the lady's name who um, who won is escaping me right now. She actually is the first solo female artist to win a golden globe for best score that's but, awesome but I thought that was great and uh yeah that was it whoa 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 i'm still a little bitter about queen and slim and uh central park five. Oh yeah oh you mean when they uh when they see us when they see us yeah, yeah. when they see us with snub um queen and slim queen and slim's uh was snub watchman was snubbed yep what the fuck? They missed out on that one. They missed the fucking boat. If if Watchmen was in there, that would have at least that would have won for writing for best actress from Regina King, probably uh-huh. best of, best acting from uh, Yaya uh, Yaya Abdul Mati the second. That I'm so damn. That would that would have just dominated the fucking. It would have. Maybe that's why they didn't let it in. Yeah, you know what? The story is too black. We don't like it. That's probably it. <laughs> all of our white, yeah, our whiteness. audience, I know, couldn't they, relate to all this blackness. Probably. I mean, shit, you can relate more to it, huh? You can relate more to it than the, than those white folks. I relate to general sense of suffering and mm. trying to come up in the world. Yeah, you can so at least you at least see the story behind it and understand and it. And I have a genuine genuine pain for people yeah so that's why queen and slim murdered me <laughs> yeah uh so yeah that was uh that was the golden globe golden glib <laughs> golden globe winners for um uh, the golden globes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah the they weren't the golden globe winners for the oscars yeah for yeah. or no. for the sags no. no or the emmys yeah not like that Okay, so from there, we are going to jump into our review of Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. Mm-hmm. 
짜니까 짜니까 착한 거지 I'm deadly serious Bong Joon-ho's Parasite was directed by Bong Joon-ho the man behind uh, Okja, Snowpiercer, Mother uh, written by Bong Joon-ho all unemployed Ki Tech Tech and his family take a peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks as they integrate themselves into ingratiate the, ingratiate thank you ingratiate themselves into their lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident okay i'm going to butcher these names but i'm going to try my best the film stars king hu song uh san kyu lee uh yao yong jong jo wu sik choi so they park so damn park so so damn so damn park so damn park so damn park uh jing un lee huey sorry hai jin jay ji so jong myung hoon park and sin ju park whoa hey you actually i don't think you did that bad there are a couple but most of them you did pretty okay i think i think i did pretty well and that's because i watch a lot of (laughs) Kung Fu films and stuff. Like, are you laughing at your fucking cat? Yeah, she looked at me. We made eye contact. She's like, okay, I'm coming. And here she is. <sighs> okay, okay, all right, all right, come on, come on. We, we, gotta, we gotta talk about parents. We gotta talk about parents. We gotta talk about parents. Okay. okay. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try to talk about it as best as we can without going into spoilers. It's gonna be very hard, so our general idea is gonna be very short. Yeah. Um, we saw this movie actually a couple months back. Yeah. At a screening. And we actually rewatched it again because we were just like, okay, we want to refresh on everything. Yep. After watching the second time, actually, I'll, I'll just throw it to you. What did you think about watching the movie? I'm sorry. Let me, let, me refer, let me phrase the question like this. Do you have a difference in how you feel about the movie from the first time and the second time you watch it? Or are they kind of like the same? It's the, the same. <laughs> it's the same. Like, I'm not a, uh, I don't like watching movies more than once. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, unless you, like, really like it. Unless I really love it, like, yeah. Mm. Ready or Not is actually one of those that I would watch again. Oh, yeah. Because it's so goddamn fun. That was a blast. Um, But I watched it, and I'm like, I love this movie. Like, Mm. I love this movie. Mm. Um, So I didn't, I was like, yeah, I'm watching it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel the same way i mean it's not as as uh white knuckling as it was the first time that's, that's because we like we, we, we knew what was gonna happen we knew what was gonna happen but just like when you when we watch it a second time we're able to like really pick it up not pick it apart but really see like the subtle hints and things that will like add up later on and like the symbolism in certain shots the emotional beats in it, I think, hit me maybe a little harder. Really? This time, the second time around than the first time, because I wasn't reeling from the fact that things had just happened. Yeah. Um, so there's like a part where they get through something harrowing and then half of the family is going to do something else. Mm. And you could see how dire their situation is. And yeah. it really drags me into their into their world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I'm not gonna keep any secrets. Like when I was growing up, there are times where our phone would get shut off, our electricity would get shut oh, off. Oh wow! Okay. Like we wouldn't have money for food or whatever, and mm. it, it kind of drug me back there the second time. Yeah. So you can you can easily you can better relate to. I mean, I can't relate to but, the rich family. You can't relate to the rich family, but you can you can more easily relate to the poor family mm-hmm. because of the struggles and the things they had to do. 
to get with to for a better life. It's it, that that particular part we'll go into when we do the spoiler section. Mm. Um, but it it made me feel really bad for them that time. Oh, okay. Got like it. it wasn't just me trying to be on this ride with them and and wondering what's going to happen next because I already knew. Mm. But I could actually sit there and feel like holy shit, these poor people. Like not poor people. Like I don't have money, but poor people. Like like you feel bad for these. People. Uh, yeah, like this shit happens to them, and they just they're trying their best. Yeah, they're trying to survive. They're trying to have that upper class living lifestyle. Yeah. Um I I absolutely l- love this film. Um I've been a big fan of Bong Joon-ho's work. Um I would I used to think before watching Parasite, I used to think Mother was his best film because that the twists and turns within the story was so great. But this one is like I mean if if you've seen trailers or people talking about it it is a movie that needs to be seen um just like with the story and the direction and everything and it's not there's nothing like there's nothing like really fancy they, they don't have a lot of pop or flash with uh with bon Ho's directing but the way it's, how- it's like the slow burn of mm. of the little comments between the upper class and the lower class yeah, the lower class where it's things that people would normally say in conversation mm. that doesn't really seem off color until you really get to thinking about it as someone who, who knows that you shouldn't say certain things. Yeah, exactly. And like, like oh, they smell poor. You oh know? yeah, that part was oh shit. And that's not a spoiler. Yeah, and then even like, even like these people, these um, rich people who seem like they're good or they have good intentions uh-huh. behind closed door they're kind of really pieces of shit yeah you know i mean and that's not that's not really that's not really anything new but just the way how he like conveys that message um he doesn't put it like all oh, these people like will kick a dog over or like step over a poor man or anything like that it's just like they're bad but they don't even know that they're bad mm-hmm. you know they're just like no we're just like everybody else but not really. You really yeah, are. we're just anyway. like everybody else. As long as you don't smell bad. <sighs> yeah, exactly. You know. Um, so, and the performance uh, was really great. I, I, um, I'm also. I also really like. Um, his name is Kim Woo Song. Um, he played uh, Kim Ki Tech. Kim Ki Tech, the the poor father. I've been following his career for a while. Uh, he's collaborated with Bong Joon Ho. Uh, quite often, uh-huh. he's actually collaborated a lot with uh, Pan, uh, Park Chan Wook as well. Uh-huh. Um, but his performance is like really great. Yeah, there's a picture I saw at the Golden Globes of Brad Pitt just fangirling all over this dude. Really? Yeah, there's like he's like grabbing. I'm like, oh my god, I, yo! If I saw this dude, I'd be like, oh my god, man, I fucking love you. Be like, <laughs> looking at me like, what is he saying? <laughs> um, I really. I really did like uh, the girl uh, Sumdan Park. She played Jessica, the, the poor daughter. Uh-huh. I really liked her performance as well. I love her. I have a crush on her. Really? Yeah. Go on. <laughs> she, you know what? There's something about her. She's like a little sarcastic. You mm. could see the level of intelligence she has. She can flip from being, you know... Just this girl from a poor family to a really intelligent, pretending to be a art therapist. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that art therapist ro- a line she used is so fucking hilarious. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I, please, please remind me of that because I got yeah. I want to point that out. Um, and her voice, 
she kind of can have a deep voice at times and it's so sultry like yeah it's like soothing too it's soothing yeah Yeah. so i love i love her um what else i'm trying i'm trying to like thinking of a general sense um okay i did like um what's her name i (laughs) oh okay this i was gonna say this is gonna say okay all right all right this this blew my fucking mind okay mean hoon park who played the housemaids actually let's rewind it all right, I don't want to bring that up yet. We'll talk about that later because that's that's kind of going into the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, okay, so I'll jump into something else. Okay, um, I did enjoy the the uh, I did enjoy uh, Wu Sik Choi, uh, the guy the who played the poor son. Uh huh. I did enjoy his performance. I actually really liked his arc. How he was kind of coming off as like I'm just trying to get ahead, but then uh-huh. he kind of like start really reevaluating his life and everything, mm-hmm. especially. Um, near the end of the second act, like going into the third act, there's that big whole like kind of show showcase of how poor they are. Uh-huh. And he kind of took a step back and he had to like revalue what he was doing. And it was really, it was, I thought it was really great how that character just kind of like turned into like a, a more caring person. Yeah. You know, and kind of like really thinking about the choices he's made to get to where he's at. Yeah. Um, is there anything... <laughs> We keep we keep dancing around this no, shit. No, let's just keep yeah, okay. it. Okay, so uh, if you haven't seen Parasite, fucking stop this podcast and go watch it. Um, if you have, um, we're going to jump into the spoiler section. So for anybody who hasn't seen it, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. gonna get into in the spoiler section you want to elaborate but you you didn't want to say um are you you talking about the the part that made me really um that made you really feel for the the family so there's this great scene where they like i i think it's first of all the contrast between their harrowing situation they were in and Mm. then the other harrowing situation that they find themselves in and where they end up right Mm. they're in the house the family goes out for the son's birthday, the little son's birthday. Yeah. So it's just this poor family that they've all become different, uh, filled different roles in their houses, like the maid or the driver or, you know, yeah, the driver, English teacher. teacher yeah. Um, they're kind of living it up, right? Yeah. They're almost like the, the family that the poor family is almost kind of like is a poor mirror image of the rich family right okay so then the old the old um maid comes in Mm -hmm. because they got her out so their mom the mom could take that that role yeah and uh her husband was down in the bomb shelter yeah yes underneath the house that the whoa that whole I remember when we saw the first time, I was like, Oh my god, what is going on? I was like, I think you saw me in my chair like pushing myself up, yeah. like knees turning, like, oh, this is getting so intense. The the owners of the house 
did not know that this was there because the original architect, he's a good architect and everything, but most people didn't like to say that they had a bomb shelter because they were like, it's like an embarrassing thing for some reason. Yeah, because I, because, um, they, they believe, were just worried about North Korea. Yeah, but I, they, but I, I think, I think for, if I remember correctly, the housemaid had said that sometimes creditors would come and they would hide in the bomb shelter and that was a sign of like disrespect or like you're kind of being a coward. Yeah. And, and he was ashamed of it. So, but he, I'm sorry, go on, go on, go on. Yeah. So, uh, there's like this whole big scene where they're fighting with this maid as mm. she's like, she comes, you know, while they're the fam, the poor family is there living it up and yeah. they find out about this bomb shelter and she's been hiding her husband in the bomb shelter. Yeah. Um, and that poor guy has not seen the light of day for years. Yeah. He's been down there for a while and I think he hasn't eaten in like a week or two or something like that. Yeah. Oh. So, um, then all of a sudden, the rich family comes back, and they're trying to clean up broken glass, and like they want her to cook a food that she's not ever made before. And like this other family, the the husband and wife are still down there, but they're like kind of tied up or yeah. bleeding or like dying or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the poor family does kind of make it out of this situation mm. where the the maid which is the mom, is still there. Cause yeah. She's like the living maid. Mm, the new maid, the, yeah, the mom. Yeah, and the the husband and the children, you know, the, the son and the daughter. Yeah, the, the poor family. They make it out. Yeah. Like they have somehow to... they make it out. Yeah. And they go home and they're like, all of a sudden their whole, like they see that the street is flooded mm. and they're little basement apartment is flooded yeah that part was horrible to watch so they're like trying to save as much as they can and they spend the night um in like you know like a public gathering spot where you know rescue services has like a blanket and a pillow for them on the floor yeah they're staying at a at a gym right? like at a gym yeah, yeah along with along with other people other along with other poor people whose homes were flooded yeah yeah and that's the part that got me because no matter how much like i remember no matter how much you've been through mm -hmm. there's always something else like you always are waiting for the other side mm -hmm. for it to get better and it always feels like you wait for the other side and something else happens anyway. So what the fuck did you wait for? Oh, that gotcha. that was my childhood. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it, it like, and if you do have a moment to rest, like they did on that floor and mm. it was like a really shitty situation, but you're not fighting for your life or your things. Mm. Um, all you can do is sit there and think like, is it worth it anymore? Oh, yeah, You know, yeah. like, is this really worth it? Like, like, are we trying hard enough? Are we going to lose everything? Yeah. You know, like... Or even if, like, what you're struggling to strive for, is it even worth it? Yeah. Or, you know, am I not worth it? Like, mm -hmm. am I not worth it? Do do I... This Is this how I'm supposed to live? Because this is what life dictates that I should be living like. Yeah, and, and that family, I mean, they weren't, like... They weren't, like, stealing money from the rich family. They essentially... They they kind of 
I guess now maybe con, I guess the maybe the best word, but they kind of con their way in, but just to con their way in into like a job. It's not like that they wanted this money for free and not to do anything. They actually worked for their money. Like the poor dad was the driver. The son was... And he was a good driver. Yeah, he was a good driver. The poor son was the teacher. He was actually teaching the daughter, the, the poor daughter, and so forth. Like they were actually doing their jobs. They just They just wanted a better living. They just... Because, you know... Them finding jobs elsewhere, it just wasn't paying enough for their family or to get out of their situation. I think the one of the issues they had, though, mm-hmm. was they were complacent. Oh, okay. That's that whole thing where they went off to celebrate the little son's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they went off to do that because they haven't had a birthday at the house in four years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he saw a ghost. Yeah, who, like, he didn't find out it was, like, the His housemaid's old, husband. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they got complacent because they were essentially making themselves at home in somebody else's home. Yeah. They were like drinking their alcohol, eating their food. Uh-huh. They essentially had taken over this house. They had taken, they essentially take, took jobs the son from these other like, people. Yeah. And the son is like dating the daughter from, yeah, you know, like from the rich family. Yeah. And like, it's just, you know, I mean... It's not honest, uh-huh. but like it kind of sucks too because it's just what they they wanted something like that. They just yeah. I don't think they gave it enough time because they were making quite a bit of money. They probably would have been okay. Yeah, it's like um, you know, can you can you sur- can you survive on honesty in a, in a dishonest world? Right, and that's what they had to do. They had to like be dishonest to dishonest to survive. They tried their hardest and. It sucked, like, that they had to go this way, but, like, I mean, eventually, in the end, like, not not, 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 not necessarily just the poor family, but the rich family, like, their ideology kind of, like, clashed, and, the, like, both families were, like, destroyed. Yeah. By the end of the film. Um, I want to talk about the house husband. Uh, not the house husband. The, 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 the housemaid's the husband. husband. Yeah. Um, uh, Min Hoon Park. So, when we saw him, we were like, damn, this dude is, like, fugly. Yeah. <laughs> like old and jacked up, uh-huh. right? When I was like putting the docket together and getting like the cast written down and everything, I was like, "Well, what's the what's the husband's name? Like, what's the what's the housemaid husband's name?" And I looked, I was like, "Is that?" And as I got a closer look, I was like, "Holy shit, that dude cleans the fuck up." Does he really? Oh yeah, I I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what they did, but if they if they if they aged up that guy so that he could look older, they did a phenomenal job because the picture I saw was like, whoa, this dude's like, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, this dude must be like in his maybe late 20s, early 30s. Like, he looks good in that suit <laughs> shit. Like, Kelsey's looking at a picture now. And she's like, damn. Um, I mean, he's not super good looking, but he doesn't look like a homeless guy. Yeah, he doesn't look like his character. That's why I was just like, is this the same guy? Did they, was there like a mix up? But yeah, yeah, it's the same dude. Um, so there, there, I want. I really, I was really liking this movie. I really enjoyed this movie, like through and through. This movie was fucking great. Even going through a second time, I was just like, "Damn, this is such a great film." Um, it's kind of cool how like they were having these roles where like it wasn't so apparent, but as the movie's going on, you're seeing further and further mirror images of the opposite side, the poor and the rich family. Uh huh. And there's this, uh, and you even start seeing, you kind of get to a point where. The father 
the poor father kind of his mentality and his kind of like ideality moves past the um the rich father and he, he starts going kind of going into the housemaid's husband uh-huh like you almost start seeing like a, a foreshadow yeah of those of those two characters like there's this really great shot where the housemaid's husband um Gun Gunsi that's his character's name Gunsi is like tied up and he's like He's trying to get like the rich husband's attention through like Morse code and stuff like that. And he he like <laughs> and he's like has a shrine to him. Yeah, yeah. Like Mr. Yeah. Park, Mr. Park, I love you, Mr. Park. Yeah, he's like Mr. Park, respect. You know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and he like the way how the camera sets up is like he looks to the left, like he's looking at somebody, and the camera switches where it's uh uh Kim Ki Tuck, the poor father, looks to the right, and it's like they're looking at each other, and but they're in the the way how. The setup is is the housemate husband looks to the left, the poor husband looks to the right, and their 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 space they're both at a lower level. Like the housemate husband, it's like still below the the rich husband, mm-hmm. or the rich father, like so lower than him physically and mentally. And the poor father is at the same time he just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And that he has a realization. He's just like, "Holy shit, I'm in, I'm still in the shit." Like I'm still, doing, and even though he like works hard, he thinks he like earns respect of the rich father. Uh huh. He still doesn't earn the. He just still doesn't earn respect, even though he feels like he has this connection with him. The thing that sucks is that the poor father, like he does such a great job of being a driver of trying to be like the words of wisdom to the rich father, right? Yeah, and to the rich wife too, and to the rich wife, like. Some of it's a little dishonest, but he really does care about them. Yeah. Like I feel like he does. Yeah, and I think that's what I think he felt a, a sense of betrayal because he I think he kind of cared for them. But then he heard them say he smells kind of like boiled rags or something. Like I think boiled cabbage or something like that. No, he said boiled rags, and um, he heard him say that. He's like, sometimes you can smell it. The only like I don't like it when people are overstepping their bounds. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he, sometimes he gets close, but he never quite crosses the line. But he's like, but the way he smells, that always crosses the line. Yeah, and that's something that, like, he couldn't really, I mean, you're kind of like, I, I get when people, like, stink, they stink. But sometimes there's people who try not to stink, and they're still, and they, and other people still look at as, like, a disservice to their character. And it, well, and here's the thing, there's a difference between stink and, like, the smell of your home, like... I remember I used to go to someone's house when I was younger, and her house had a very distinct smell. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad smell. Yeah. But it definitely didn't smell like a clean, rich home. Mm-hmm. It smelled like almost kind of like a basement. Okay. But also kind of like food. Yeah. And I don't think rich people's homes smell like that. Yeah, and I'm sure like a rich person would be like, oh, that person stinks. But you would just be like, no, this is... It smells like someone's home. Like, I don't... Yeah. It wasn't an offensive smell at all to me, but yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. For me, it's like she was like my best friend mm. and that, that smell like stuck with me because it's like her home. Like it, it, to me, that's like home smell. Oh, okay. So, but I, I'm, I can imagine someone like Mr. Park from the film being like that person smells poor Yeah, because it doesn't smell like perfume and you know, like a clean like no smell or whatever yeah yeah yeah. uh okay let's let's go and talk about 
um, the daughter, uh, Kim Woo Woo. Kim Ki Woo. We both. I'm sorry. That's that's the son. I'm sorry. The daughter is uh, Kim Ki Jung. Um, we really liked her performance. Um, she was. You can tell she could own the room if she wanted to. Yeah. Like absolutely. There's this really really great line where she's like, <sighs> it's so fucking great. Where she's like talking to the to the rich mother, and like uses a bit of of. Um, the, the the rich son's like painting and uh-huh. tries to say that like oh your son was traumatized by something and the rich one was like oh my god how'd you know and she's like oh you know I study um, art therapy and blah 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 right and it's like it's a profound effect on the rich mother but like later on she just like yeah I just Google art therapy and I just like went on I just improvised it yeah they said something about the schizophrenic zone and. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and she improvised. She, like, her character improvised what she said to her. I was just like, and she sold it. Yeah. To the point where I was just like, damn, what does she know? Holy shit. <laughs> but it was so good. I think that, that goes into her performance because her performance is so fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, it was even heartbreaking to, um, when she died at the end, I was just like, oh, man. Well, you know, what's kind of heartbreaking to me is there's actually a part of me that kind of sees myself in her. Okay. Because she could be good at anything. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, but the but her circumstances of where she where she grew up and like her family that she lives with. Yeah, it's going against her. Is going against her. So she's never going to be anything more than a poor a poor girl trying to make it. Yeah, there's and this... and I totally f- I feel like that because like I'm better than average at almost everything I try. Oh yeah, when, but when... I'm never great. At anything because I've just never had the support to get myself to be there. Great, yeah, even yeah, even like our private conversations, I'm just like, yo, you're like one of the smartest people I've I've ever met, and I'm just like, why don't you fucking do something with that? And you kind of go into like, well, because this this and this. I'm just like, yeah, I can feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand. Uh, oh, I was gonna talk about with the daughter. Um, we were talking about um, her being amazing at things and not. Oh yeah, yeah. At one point, she has to like forge a document for the poor son. Uh huh. And even like the poor father is just like, "Can you go to school for forgery? Because this shit's amazing." Yeah, you know? it was absolutely <laughs> really good. Um, so let's. I want to talk about the ending, which I it was really profound. I really liked that ending, um, where the shit has hit the fan. Um, the housemaid's husband has gone out of the basement. His wife is, his wife is dead now. He murders, um, he, and he's already like close to like on a psychotic break. And when his wife dies, it like, that's it. He like loses his sanity. He attacks the, he, he attacks the poor daughter, um, attacks the poor mother. There's like this big scene where like, there's a, like knife, people getting stabbed and stuff like that. And what ends up happening was um, the poor mother is fighting with the housemaid's husband. She gets the upper hand, and he he eventually dies. But then, um, who got cut? No, the son. Now I remember the poor, the rich son, the rich man's son. He had a seizure, or something like that. He had a seizure attack, and they had to get him to the hospital. 
And the rich father's like, get, you know, get the car. He's telling to the poor man, the poor father, like, get the car, get the car. And he's just like. He didn't have a seizure. He fainted. Yeah, no. But remember, he said, because uh, she, she was talking about when he had a seizure, his eyes rolls back. His eyes rolled oh, back. And, everything. Okay. and that's what happened. Because he saw, he essentially saw the ghost come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And On his birthday, no less. Yeah, right. And so the poor father is like so shocked and traumatized because his daughter's bleeding. His wife's been like stabbed and everything. And like he throws the keys at the rich father who's just like, give me the keys. I'll take it myself. He throws the keys and like misses. Um, no, I remember the housemate husband lands on the keys and stuff like that. And then when the rich father kind of like pushes the husband, um, housemate husband over, he has to, he gets his this face of like Ooh, oh my god this smell the smell yeah, so bad yeah, yeah. and that's what he was just like yo he's talking about me and the poor father just like fucking stabs him no I think he kind of in that moment it's not that he was just oh he's thinking about me mm-hmm. but like I think he also was a little protective over that guy because after after they had the issues they had with that family they mm-hmm. were like look they're just trying to they try to survive like we to are. survive like we are and mm-hmm. so I think that he kind of felt almost like a moment of solidarity with him and yeah. that you know and that he's making that face at him but he's also making that face at me because he's making that face at him yeah exactly that's, and that's so that's when he's like fuck this guy yeah and he like stabs him and then like he books it but he disappears. Yeah. And there's this whole mystery of like, where the fuck did he go? And sadly, the daughter dies. Um, they never really said the rich, if the rich son survived. I would imagine he did. Yeah. And I know the father didn't, the rich father didn't survive. Yeah. Um, so it's later revealed that like the poor father, he made his way down into the, into the bomb shelter. Uh-huh. And he's been staying down there. Yep. Hiding and stuff like that. And this, and the, the poor son like figures this out through like Morse code and everything. And there's this really touching moment where like, he writes, he writes a letter to his father in Morse code because that's how he's going to respond back. And he pretty much tells him, Father, I got a plan. Which is really great because his father had said, like, if you don't make a plan, you'll never be disappointed. Which is kind of very, like, I would say, like, nihilistic, but very, like, giving up. Yeah. And But he says, like, Father, I have a plan. I'm going to make money. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to buy the house. I'm going to do all this hard work. All you have to do is just walk up the stairs because I'm going to buy the house. And, like, that's how the movie ends. But it, it ends... Well, it doesn't end that well, yeah, way. yeah, it doesn't end that way. But, like, it, it's him just talking out the plan, and you get a visual of the plan. Yeah. And it cuts back to him, like, looking at the letter, like, okay, this I'm going to send to him. And the movie ends. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am I like to think that he accomplishes that, that the father gets out the house. I hope he does. Yeah. But I, honestly, if you're really going to talk about realism and and how things are between rich people and poor people you know it doesn't fucking happen i know but i'm I'm still you know that old man dies down there oh the father yeah yeah the father dies down there probably damn but it was so good or gets caught or gets caught but it was like i don't know it was i i really want to i really want to sit down if he has not answered this question I really want to sit down to, with Bong Joon-ho and ask him that question. Like, like, what do you like? You as the writer, do you think he got out of the house? I really want to ask him if he hasn't been asked this question. I really want to find out what he says. But yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that like he does get he, he. But like, just the words he says that he goes like like he pretty much says, "I will do all the hard work. All you got to do is walk upstairs, and you're free." And I was just like, "Damn, that is some strong shit, man." <laughs> It goes back to the same thing. Like when I was younger, I used to tell my mom, like, when I get older, I'm going to marry you. We're going to, 
I'm going to own a house. You can mm-hmm. live with me. Mm-hmm. Like, all these things. Like, my my little brother used to say the same thing. Like, Mom, I'm going to marry you. Like, yeah, because you want you want to... You, you want to take care of your mom. Like, yeah, you want to take care of father, your dad. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same thing. Like, even though they're not perfect, mm-hmm. and they kind of are the source sometimes of your own perceived failures... Um, you still, want, to you still want them to be okay. Yeah, in the words of uh, uh, Eric Draven from The Crow, uh, mother is the name of God on the, lip, on the lips of all children. Yeah. I don't believe in that now, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, one more thing before we leave our talk on Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Um, so the director won for Best Foreign Film at the Golden Globes, and he said this really... This is a really great line. Um, I think it's really... I, it's why I love... It's, it's a really great thing. I love foreign film. Uh, particularly my favorite type of foreign films are Korean and Italian films. Uh-huh. I actually love Korean and Italian films. Especially like uh, Italian, like old Italian films, like neorealism films. Um, but a lot of people, they don't watch foreign films because of fucking subtitles. Because they don't want to read. Because they don't want to read. and what? It's, it's so fucking stupid. So Bong Joon-ho said this. He said, once you overcome the one-inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many amazing films. Yeah. That is, that that should be the logo of foreign films right there. Yeah. Like if someone's, if, I'm going to remember this line because if someone is like, I don't watch foreign films because I'm going to be like, boom, I'm going to say that. <laughs> because that is true. All you got to do is just, it's, some of the most profound films I've ever seen have been a, uh, have been foreign films. Like one of my favorite films of all time is Eight and a Half. Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half, Italian, beautiful film, masterful film, Italian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, old Boy, yep. Korean film. It's, these are some of, like my favorite films, and I I I, I, I firmly believe that this, I want this on my shirt. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Um. So yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our review of Parasite. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and we hope you watch it. We hope you watch it. If and, you don't, you're dead to us. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about... <laughs> we're going to get into our segment called What the Fuck Did We Just Watch? And we saw a little movie called Cats. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? Is that a fucking cat? Hey, don't fucking look at me like that. That's a weird looking fucking cat. Ma! Yo, there's a stray cat outside. So cats, yeah. Woo. Is it bad that we watched that and I still think it's somehow going to become some kind of weird cult classic? It probably will. For being so bad. It probably will. But not just being so bad, but being so weird. Yeah. It's, like, really weird, and it's cats. Well, that that play is really weird, too. I've seen clips of the play, and holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Cats, the film uh, directed by Tom Hooper, who directed Danish Girl, Les Miserables, The King's Speech. Um... <laughs> we, it's funny because this is the first film we watched for 2020. Really? <laughs> this is the first film we watched for 2020. Oh, yeah, it is. And I was always teetering the idea of like maybe we should watch it. And I came up I came up across this Reddit post talking about 
how bad the visual effects were. Like the people behind the scenes who did the visual effects, how it was just like a clusterfuck of mistakes. Um, from my understanding, I think the visual effects took. I think the visual effects were about three months in production, and they sucked. Yeah, like some of them are weird and shaky. I think it's. I think it was three months. It might be okay. I think let's say it's from three to nine months. No, I take that back. The film was shot in nine months. The visual effects were done in three months. But this is a heavily CGI produced film. A film like this need to be taken care of for years. Like Toy Story takes like four years to get put together. This should have been at least done like in two years. But anyway, that's besides the point. What the fuck did we watch? <laughs> Uh, a whole lot of Rebel Wilson that I wish we didn't see. Oh my god. If you guys haven't seen Cats, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Just and I didn't it. think I could hate James Corden more than I do. Yeah. I used to like him when I saw him in Last Man or whatever it was. Uh-huh. It was like him and some other guy and they were best friends. And okay. His fr- it was a British show and his friend like kept accidentally getting himself involved with like the mafia or like, you know, like people that are trying to kill other people or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I kind of thought he was funny. Yeah. And then the more I got to know of him and then he's doing talk shows and he is really abrasive. Yeah. Nah, fuck that guy. (laughs) So I didn't like seeing him in this either because he was like a fucking hoity toity fucking fat, fat cat, like just eating trash, but nobody else could eat his trash because it was his, you know? And like, oh, I'll share it with you. And he was just the government. He was the government? Yes. Yeah. Um, Before we leave Rebel Wilson's character, holy shit. All right. First of all, I don't really like Rebel Wilson at all. Like, I don't think she's funny. She, like, does a lot of stupid slapstick comedy, and it's just... She kind of it's like, like she's making fun of fat people because she's fat. fat. Yeah, like it's okay because I'm fat and huh, you know and stuff. But her her cat, when they first introduce her cat, like you see her and it looks it's really unsettling. And she does this thing where she's like scratching herself in the groin area, and it's just like, oh, I do not need to see that. Yeah. And then it proceeds to do like a musical number where she had to like we're we're gonna she's be jumping all over the place mice and roaches roaches mice and roaches and these mice and like one thing that you'll hear on a on a constant thing about this film it's like the proportions are all wrong like there's the cats that look like maybe cat size but the mouses the mices are like smaller than a dime and even the roaches are even smaller than that it looks really weird and then she, like, like these roaches are in, like, this, they're doing this musical dance number number along with the mice. And then there's a several times where, like, the she proceeds to eat the roaches. Yep. And they have human faces on it. Yeah, and they, like, they're talking, and they're like, no, no, don't eat me. And, like. She eats them. She eats them. She eats them. Um, before we go any further, I want to mention that during the entirety of this movie, I just went, what the fuck is going on? I, I kept looking at like what is ha- I don't understand any of this. And at the, the movie, I was just like, what did we just what I don't know. What is what is any of this? I feel like it's kind of funny when people are like, I don't understand this, but like I think the point is mm. you're not supposed to understand it because you can't understand cats. I don't understand any of it. I mean we watched um we watched uh, the man who fell to Earth, and you were kind of like, I don't understand what happened or what was going on, but you can still kind of have a, a comprehension of what was kind of going on. 
Kinda. Kind of. I'm just like, yo, I just, I, what? What, 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 what's any of this? Like, they start talking about, I, I guess they start talking about, like, the main cat, the, whose, whose name was Victoria. The actress's name is escaping me right now, but her her role is completely. She's very vanilla. Yeah, she's completely forgettable. I guess she wants to be belong to a a school of cats. Yeah, a group of cats or whatever. And that's the only thing I kind of got. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I kind of got. Yep. Um, and they do magic. Some of them. <laughs> some of them do magic. Some of these guys do magic, and they don't explain why or how. <coughs> Idris Alba is like a pimp cat. <laughs> who like and his when, eyes are green and weird yeah. and sometimes blue yeah and then like they look at different directions too yeah but like <laughs> it just always does this weird thing where like when she when he makes somebody disappear he goes like meow or like meow, or yeah. weird shit <laughs> and he disappears too it's like meow yeah <laughs> uh and then the, the, of course the special effects were really bad why did they name the old cat Deuteronomy? I have no idea. Uh, you're asking the wrong person. It's like the name of a book from the Bible. Yeah, oh, a yeah, chapter in the book. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't fucking oh, know. We have to talk about uh, the what? The guy, the old guy. Oh, Ian McKellen. Yeah, I was just about to get there. <laughs> <sighs> I, I mean, I loved Dame Judy, Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. I loved her, her cat, to be honest. Oh, really? She, okay. was, she was regal, and I thought uh, she was, like, the best cat of all of them. It was weird. She was wearing she was wearing a fur coat. Yeah, but that's her fur. No, no, no. She had a fur coat, and then she had fur. Yeah. So whose fur coat is she... Whose cat does she peel <laughs> to wear that fur coat? Probably the last... Uh, what? Jellica, Jellica cat? Jellica queen or some shit like that. Yeah, you know. So she's wearing the skin of a former cat. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not making this film sound any better. <laughs> but go on, go on, go on. Um, I liked her. Okay. I just thought she was like, she cared about all the other cats and mm-hmm. everyone loved her so much. I but think she, that kind of goes into... calm, like feel calming. Really? Yeah. I think that goes into the performance of Judy Dench. That's what That's... I think. I, I really just liked her. Yeah. So what's, what are you going to say about... <laughs> I can say what Ian McKellen. <laughs> what was that one thing he was doing that <laughs> you actually kind of like fell asleep, like you zoned out, and I'm like, whoa, and then you you woke up and you're like, whoa, what is no, he doing? No, 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 no. Let me let me let me give you my perspective. <laughs> We're watching cats, and for some reason, I felt. I, I guess I felt exhausted from the from all the what the fucks I was thinking. <laughs> and I, I just felt tired. And I was just like, I'm going to close my eyes for a few seconds. And I close my eyes. And all I'm hearing... <laughs> shit. <laughs> all I'm hearing... <laughs> all I'm hearing is... <laughs> and I open my eyes and I see Ian McKellen like licking a a pan of milk and I just go, Oh, what the fuck <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> but it didn't look right. How he was doing it. It didn't look right. And I'm... everything that he was doing was really weird. Like he was just weird. Yeah. And he would be, he would, you can tell he, he hammed up that fucking roll. He did. He was like, I'm going to be a cat. Yeah. I'm a cat. I'm a look cat. Look at me. Yeah. I'm a cat. <sighs> 
yeah. He was wearing a bow tie, too. Was he wearing a bow tie? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and then there was... Um, so, uh, apparently, everything that's going on, they're, they're trying to choose, like, the cat to go to the great heavy side or something like that. Uh, the the heavy side. Yeah, or so, was it the under? No, it was the heavy side. It was like the under heavy side or so. Like they they were going supposed to be going to like a magical land or some shit. Like yeah. they were going to choose a cat. The jellica, the most jellica cat the of most all. Jellica cat. Well, they, what I don't understand. I still don't know what the fuck. What is jellica? a jellica cat? Yeah. yeah. They they make a, they they make they sing a song about it. I still don't understand what the fuck it is. <laughs> and it just Alba is like getting rid of all these other cats with his magic and shit like that, right? So he'd be the best candidate, and he's not chosen. Um, all the while they're doing this, there's Jennifer Hudson is in the. Uh, my God, Jennifer Hudson, she's in this movie, but she's like out like a beaten down battered cat like like she looked like she got out of a horrible relationship yeah and she's like kind of she she reminds me a lot of uh a lot of older a lot of older black women who have kind of like lost their mind and they're on skid row and stuff like that she kind of remind me of that yeah and one thing that was really disturbing is like they it's she had they just she had snot she had constant <laughs> snot going down her fucking face it was so gross this kind of snot. But I will give it that her, she can, damn, she can sing. And I'm, emote. Oh, and emote. Like, if there's anybody who gave, like, you like, Ju- okay, you like Judy Dench? Well, I, I like I mean, her, too. Yeah. I, I remember you kept asking me, like, there's something about it you had to like. And I kept, I was like, no, there's not. The one thing I did like was was um, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. D- that girl was amazing. Yeah. Like, she did, she won a support, Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar years ago. She's got a great voice, so she can still do it. And she does the best what she can in this movie. And they choose her to go to the the great heavy side or whatever. Yeah. So she takes off in a chandelier. In a chandelier. A magical chandelier. With a balloon on it. <laughs> Yo, she went to cat she died. She died. Yeah, she went to cat heaven. She went to cat heaven. Like they were like, oh, I wanna they pretty much saying, I wanna die to go to cat heaven. There you go, Jennifer Hudson. You get to go to Cat Heaven. You die. <laughs> you die, and you die, and everybody dies. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're chosen next year. <sighs> yeah. Um, another thing that was very unsettling was, like, the cats wearing clothes. Yeah. They had a tap dancing cat that was, like, a, a train conductor cat. Yeah. Did, did you say you actually liked that, that, the tap dancing? I did. Yeah, I like the tap dancing. It was cool. Yeah, I'll give that that dude. I don't know who that dude is, but that dude was amazing. But I think he would have looked even weirder without pants with tap dancing shoes. That's true. Yeah, so the cat has tap dancing shoes, and um. And then if you're talking about proportions, they end up on the train tracks. Yeah. And like they're they're mice sized on these huge rails. Yeah. Like, they're not cat-sized on rails. They're mice-sized. They're, like, little mice. Like, mice, not even rat-sized. They're yeah. mice-sized. And then, like, when they go into the train, they're, like, baby size. Yeah. Anyway, and they're, they're, there's even, like, two cats that wear sneakers? Like oh, Congress, yeah. Like, high tops? They're supposed to be the, the black, they like... were the Yeah, they were the black breakdancing cats. Yeah. Um, And if you're wondering, yes, you can see Dame Judy Dench's wedding ring. In this movie, yeah, constantly because uh, I thought I think everyone blew that out of proportion. I honestly was not paying attention to her fucking wedding ring. 
I, I, I was looking for it, and I was like, yep, there it is. Because, like, I didn't even notice it. Apparently, some of the cats actually, their hands actually had, like, cat hands, like claws and stuff. But most of them were just human hands. Yeah. Um, from what I heard, Tom Hooper had been editing this movie nonstop for 36 hours straight. Um, in the okay, so uh, I can't remember where this is. I think this is from uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, in the time leading to the release, sources say uh, VFX work was behind schedule. The sound mix was starting late, and Hooper himself admitted that the movie was finished less than 48 hours before the premiere. <laughs> 48 hours. That's that's a big fucking no no. Yeah. Because um, normally, like they like. Why the- didn't they just push it back? They should have. Why would you try to compete with fucking Star Wars? Yeah, this came out at the same time as Star Wars did. Rise of Skywalker. Even though the movie wasn't great. It, you guys want to get Star Wars? Yeah. Um, people speculate that it's because they, they wanted to compete in Oscar season. But no. <laughs> that uh, worked out well for them. Yeah, yeah. Universal like actually pulled that out. They could have tried competing next season. Yeah, they could have. Um... Uh, at the time of this report, Cats is so, is supposedly going to lose about seventy five million dollars out of like a hundred and twenty five million dollar budget. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my god! Um, yeah, Cinema Score gives it like a C plus. Universal pulled it from your your consideration page. Um, uh, a leading FX uh, VFX house NPC was also created the visual effects animation for John Farrell's July Disney hit Lion King and multiple sources say that members of that team including uh, um, uh, members of the VFX team including the Lion King's team supervisor Adam uh, Valdez were brought in to help finish the cats after Lion King wrapped up <laughs> Jesus imagine Christ. what it would have been like if they didn't if they didn't what help I don't like. Oh shit! I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually glad we did watch it. Yeah. I'm. I'm really glad we did watch it. Just to be. I. I wouldn't mind watching it. Ag- okay. I wouldn't mind watching it again, in a theater full of drunk people. Or just drinking here by ourselves. Nah. I want this. This is one of those movies that's like this involves a crowd just to talk shit and just laugh. Like, like the, the room. Like the room. <laughs> like the room. This deserves. The room status, a cult classic. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, you're yeah. Okay, you know it's gonna it's gonna get that cult class status. It is because people are. It's just good bad. It's just good bad, and then bad bad. <laughs> um. Yeah. Would you Would you like to add anything else to this this catastrophe of a film? Um. I think Lacey's a jellica cat. Yo, don't ever. Don't, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Pockets Angelica cat. Shut up! Don't, don't. I do not need that fucking song in my head. Oh my god! Are you Angelica cat? <laughs> that silence you hear from me—it's like my brain bleeding. <laughs> it's like no, don't go there. I don't see any blood yet. I'm not trying hard enough. Mm. No, don't stop. Stop Shut trying. The cat. Stop. Shut up. We still got. We still got <laughs> stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh my God. Get out of my head. Please get out of my head. Get out of my fucking head. 
Oh my god. Okay, anyway. We got John Carpenter stuff to talk about. Yes, so. yes, 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 yes. All right. So for this week's um Geriatric Cinematic, we have John Copper John Carpenter's <laughs> John Carpenter's classic Escape from New York. New York, 1997. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States police force has everything under control. I'm going in. John Carpenter's Escape from New York, the high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. I really like this film. I absolutely love John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Uh, Escape from New York. Um, God, what is the year? I'm all tapping away on my on my laptop trying to get the year correct. No, 78? <laughs> Uh, no, 1981. Uh, 1981's uh, Escape from New York, directed by John Carpenter. The, I mean, the legend John Carpenter. Halloween, The Thing, They Live, Mouth Madness. Um, you know John Carpenter the from fall. The Carpenters? Shut up. <laughs> um, written by John Carpenter. Uh, and also written by Nick Castle, who did Hook. Whoa. thought you like that movie. I do like that movie. All right. Uh, synopsis, if you guys don't know, 1997, uh, so this, this already happened. This already happened in real life. When the U.S. president crashes into Manhattan, now a giant maximum security prison, a convicted bank robber is sent in to rescue him. The film stars Kurt Russell as the great Snake Plissken, uh, Lee Van Cleef as Hawk, uh, Ernest Borgnine as Cabby, uh, Donna Plissen? Pleasant. Pleasant as the president, Isaac Hayes, yeah, as the Duke, Harrington Stanton's brain, and Adrian Barbara as Maggie. Oh, Tom Tom Atkins, a freaking collaborator with John uh, John Carpenter, is in the movie as well. Yes. Um, the reason actually we chose this film to go with our review of Parasite is social class. They are two films talking about social class. They're just doing it kind of in different extreme ways. Yeah. Um. Kelsey, you are familiar, somewhat familiar with John Carpenter films. Uh, I've shown we you watched with, They Live. We watched which They I Live. I love that movie. We watched They Live, and uh, I remember showing you The Thing. I like that movie a lot yeah, too. The Thing. Um, personal note: The Thing to me is one of the. It's probably the greatest horror films, at least the greatest sci-fi horror film ever. I can watch that movie on repeat, and I have done it multiple times. Right. Absolutely love The Thing. Nothing seems to compare to The Thing. You even have a shirt of The Thing, don't you? I had two shirts of The Thing. Yeah? I remember I have two shirts of The Thing. I gave hey, you one. Um, There's a freeway. Mm-hmm. Is it the 10? No, it's the 40. Okay. A little bit of local local talk. The I-40? That's local? Oh, okay. I was, I, when you said the 10, I'm like, oh, yeah, the 10. Not freeway. the 10. Uh, it goes through, like, the top of Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. Somewhere between here and Texas, there are, like, a thousand fucking billboards that says the thing with a question mark and you're like what the fuck because it doesn't give you any context okay and it's just this big convenience store uh, filled with like knickknacks and like uh, things that you can buy burn it down <laughs> burn it down but i was like the thing so it was like a joke because every time i'd pass it i'm like the thing the thing oh, the God. thing burn it down 
Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so this was your first time watching the thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is your first time watching the thing known as Escape from New York. Yes. <laughs> what did you think of this film? I liked it. I thought it was kind of good dumb action, mm-hmm. but not like... It wasn't like uh, stupid in any way. Yeah. It was just like... You didn't have to think about it too much, mm. but... It's kind of like straight to the point. Straight to the point, but mm. it, I mean, it had, you know, good score, obviously. Mm. Um, of course, Kurt Russell's got those piercing eyes. Like, he was really hot when he was younger. Mm. Um, or in this case, that piercing eye. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, I thought it was really interesting, their whole, like, I think it's funny when movies come together with, like, we're going to do this, or we're going to use this plan, and it's, like, really convoluted, and we're going to, you know, we're going to land on top of the the Twin Tower, mm-hmm. and you know, using a glider and then you have to go down to this using an elevator. You got to turn on the power and you got to <laughs> like, I thought I was like, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course he did all of these things. Cause he's like, yeah, I'm a badass. I could do it. Yeah. Cause he's saying, Pusco. but everyone knew who he was. So they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I thought you were dead. Oh, I thought you were dead. Speaking of that, speaking of that, did you notice <laughs> that when somebody was, when somebody said, I thought you were dead, they end up dying. Really? Yeah. If you if, if you rewatch it, they say like I thought you did because uh, brain dies, um, his girl dies, and they've all said I thought you're even the Duke says I thought you're dead. He ends up dying. Yeah. So anyone says I thought even the uh, the girl he meets in the diner the what was the name of the diner I pointed out that was kind of funny nuts and futs or some shit like that all kinds of nuts. Oh, um, chock full of nuts. Chock full of nuts. Yeah. She even said I thought you were dead. And the, he, they actually that's still a brand these days. Chocolate nuts? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's still around. I didn't know this. Um, that was actually his wife. That was his first wife. Really? Yeah, that's his first wife. Um, uh, before we leave the score, the score is done by John Carpenter with a uh, collaboration by Alan uh, Holworth. Holworth. So. Great show. <laughs> Sorry, I had a brain oh, fart. You right should uh, tell me what you like about it. Uh, all right. So I like it. Love the score, absolutely love that score. Um, I like. I'm a fan of these of these type of. I, I'm I'm actually a fan of dystopian films, mm. dystopian future films. Um, some of them can do it right, but uh, actually a lot of them, a lot of them do it wrong, and they kind of do it kind of extreme. But when they whenever they do it in a kind of a not a, I'm gonna say maybe in a bottle sense, and this is kind of in a bottle sense because it takes place in one central location. Uh-huh. This kind of like through New York. Um, I think I think it works so great. What's funny? Sorry, I just remembered you. You said it's like in a bottle sense, mm-hmm. and then it made me think it kind of looked like they were on a set. And then it made me think of what I said that it looked like they were playing like in a musical. Oh yeah, <laughs> you said that. You said that like it was like they were in a musical, and I was like, "Holy shit, she's right!" Because there are parts where people are like running and they're like they're it, leaping, they're like, leaping and like putting their arms like nee! like almost like cats. It was so weird. But I, but you kind of were like, no. And then I was like, no, no, think about it. In an Edgar Wright kind of way. Because you wrote an article about the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. how his, And how each each one was like a different type of musical cool. or yeah, something. He's, yeah, he was testing the grounds for Baby Driver. Yeah, and this was kind of like, say, like the music kind of go, like, 
their movements kind of go to the beat of the music at yeah. certain times. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really notice that until even you pointed out when we recently watched it. Yeah. Um, the, but now you kind of want to watch it again, huh? I'm going to watch it again. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's fuck, oh, well, now with that in my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. T- I, I love the performance of, of uh, Kurt Russell as Nate Plissken. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that character. Um, actually, I still even like that character when he shows up again and Escape from L.A., which is so stupid. Uh-huh. But it's just like a badass character. Um, I do. I did like the performance of Brain, Herndon Stanton. That dude was a legit actor. I've always liked seeing him show up, but um, <laughs> he puts a little bit of a little bit of the comedic sense into the film. Uh, like he's almost he like. Snake kind of bounces off that character. Him and Ernest Borgnine, who plays Cabby. Uh-huh. They're like the common release, but they're not too ridiculous. Uh, it's fun. One thing I actually don't really like is Isaac Hayes as the Duke. Because uh-huh. he kind of just does this really dumbfounded look. Like, ugh. Like, every time, <laughs> like, I'm the Duke. Um, I, one scene I really, really, really enjoy is... When Snake comes across a girl inside that diner in the Chalk Full of Nuts diner, uh-huh. and it almost turns into like a horror film, where like she, where like they're trying to be quiet, and like these guys are breaking in, and she tries to like run, but she falls to the floor, and they're like pulling her down. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a very like horror, since like almost like the fog or something like that. Yeah, which is pretty terrifying. Uh. I'm trying to think what else is awesome. I kept thinking every time you saw the pod, mm-hmm. like my mind, I mean, they obviously grabbed the president right away. Yeah, out of the pod, yeah. But I, if I, I didn't think it would be like that when I first started watching it. I thought that the president would land and then he was somewhere mm-hmm. and he had to try to survive and like there weren't going to be a lot of people around right there. Okay. So like... I kind of thought that'd be a good place for a homeless person to sleep. You know, close the hatch and take a, you know, go oh, to sleep. Oh, and pop up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that could be, be like funny. his makeshift home for a while. That'll be kind of funny. They did kind of do the whole homeless angle um, when Snake was, tra- when he was tracking the president uh, through his tracker and they found out it was like on the, it was on the homeless man's arm and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And he was like, that part, with that re- I thought that reveal was so funny when he goes, like, Snake finds the homeless man. He's like, Mr. President. And he turns around and he goes, the homeless, and it's the homeless man. He goes, oh, you betcha. You know, I, I knew this tracker thing was special when they would get it on me. <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit, okay. I've, you know what? That homeless dude, can't remember the actor's name. That is the same homeless guy from Back to the Future. Really? That's him. <laughs> I can't remember the actor's name, but that's the same dude. Um, he was born to play a homeless man. <laughs> yeah, right? That's like... Resume, homeless men, homeless, homeless men one, homeless men two, homeless men one. <laughs> um, and the the guy who plays the president, uh, what's his name? His name escapes me right now. Um, Donald, sorry, Donald Pleasant? He's a Pleasant? Fre- Pleasant, thank you, Pleasant. He's a freaking collaborator with John Carpenter as well. And he does this, like... He does this very whiny, bitchy kind of thing. I mean, not he does not not in so many words, but he's like, "Oh, you got to save me! I'm the president," kind of way. Yeah, that, he didn't play like he didn't feel like a president. Yeah, he didn't feel like a president until like until like the end, where like 
and I thought this part was great. It, it when the when the pre, when Snake's got the president out, all, there's like several people who died to get the president out, and Snake is like, "Hey, Mr. President, you know a lot of people died for you. I just want to know what you got to say about that." Oh no! First, the president was like, "Whatever you want, you can have it." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, "I'm grateful for you, mm. um, getting me out of there. Whatever you want." And yeah. He's like, "I just want some of your time." Yeah, yeah. And he asks them, and he goes like. And he gives him a very canned answer, you know. Well, I think what they did was uh, for a good cause, uh, and he kind of just like he, he can, you can tell he doesn't even remember their names. Yeah. And, and then he's, he's like, like, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm about to be uh, on the TV uh, in a minute." Yeah, in about t- yeah, in about two minutes. And I'm just like, "God, fucking dick, man!" Yeah, like basically, I don't even have time for you. Yeah, or these I don't have time to give these people respect that fucking helped save my life. Who these who brain and uh, oh my god. Cabby. Brain Cabby and Maggie helped essentially get out of New York. Mm-hmm. Which they thought it was impossible. Um I did like that part though. Um where where Snake and Snake and the Duke are like fighting and Snake like the presence already like over the wall. And Snake has to grab onto this rope to like pull himself up and everything. And Snake's being pulled up, and somebody like stops the the pulley, and then like the Duke is gonna shoot uh, Snake. And all of a sudden the president goes like blasts the Duke. He goes, "Get out the Duke! Get out the Duke!" Like he just has like a <laughs> mental break. He's like, "Get out the Duke!" I'm like, like I don't think it's like badass. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, how he yeah, says yeah. That. And then he brings up all that kind of stuff. One of the things that absolutely that I just love about this movie is that ending, the, like the final like thirty seconds of that movie. Uh-huh. I just love it. Um, Snake, uh, the president was carrying like this uh, cassette that can give like the formula for cold nuclear fusion, uh-huh. and like there's this big switcheroo that you don't see coming where like Snake switches out the tape and it's just like some stupid like comedy. Oh, it's a it's, it's like a, a jazz kind of like a not a doo wop, but yeah, like a finger twirl kind of do 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 do. Yeah, 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 music and everything, and Snake has the tape. He just walks away and just like tears the tape. It's like fuck this guy, fuck, yeah. like fuck the country, boom, and then like tosses it. I'm just, yeah. And it feeds the black. I'm just like that is Snake as shit. <laughs> uh, one thing that you haven't mentioned yet that I'm surprised is mm. who Snake Plissken reminds you of. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so. For those who don't know, who kind of know, um, in the video game Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake is heavily based off of Snake Plissken. Um, to the way how he's like demeanor, the way how he talks, the way even how he holds a cigarette in his mouth is very Snake Plissken. Later on, Snake gets an eye patch, and he looks more like Snake Plissken. Uh-huh. Um, surprisingly. Um, uh, what's his name? John Carpenter has never s- sued Hideo Kojima for like obviously copying his character, uh-huh. but from my understanding, it's like they're best friends, so they probably let him do it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll let him, I'll let him out. Here we go. That's the movie. That's the movie. There is a somewhat updated version of this movie, <laughs> and it's called Lockout. Uh huh. Starring Guy Pearce and directed by Luc Besson. Uh, it's essentially Space Jail. 
Uh, Guy Pierce pays, plays this badass character who's almost like a snake Plissken. He gets taken in by the go- captured by the government, and he's like, "Hey," and the president's like, "I need you to rescue my daughter because she went on a humanitarian mission um, to like a space jail or some shit." Mm. Space jail. The prisoners get out, and she he has to go in and like get her out. Right. And if he accomplishes it, he like he gets a pardon and all that kind of stuff. It is essentially it's Escape from New York in space. <laughs> it's a bad action film, but I I kind of want to show it to you now just because it's so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's Guy Pierce. I love I love Guy Pierce. That dude's acting is fucking phenomenal. Uh, didn't uh, didn't they get sued for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention. Yeah, Luke Besson got sued the shit out of it because <laughs> John Carpenter was like, "That's that's Escape from New York. You just copied it." Yeah. Uh, they got they settled out of court uh, after that, but um, yeah. And there have been talks about um, a remake or a continuation of Snake Plissken for like years. Mm-hmm. For years, um, at one point. Uh, Gerard Butler was tapped to supposedly play Escape, uh, Snake Plissken. There is there is a Escape from New York sequel called Escape from L.A., which is really bad. Mm-hmm. From there, they were going to do another one called Escape from Earth, I think, mm-hmm. where Snake Plissken ends up on Mars. But that got turned into a John Carpenter film called The Ghost of Mars, Oh, which is really bad. It's <laughs> a really bad film. But um, what John Carpenter made a bad film. He, his recent films are pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from my understanding, like there's no remake in the work for a Escape from New York uh, movie. There are comic book continuations that I've read that are actually really good. Uh huh. Um, it doesn't follow Escape from LA. It goes. It actually follows like right after the events of Escape from New York and him trying to get away. At one point, he even bumps into another Kurt Russell character, uh, Jack. Jack Baron, I think. I think his name is Jack Baron from uh, Escape. Uh, Escape <laughs> from Big Trouble in Little China. Uh huh. Which uh, that's actually really that's another that's another great movie that you definitely got to check out. Yeah. You keep mentioning that one. I can't wait. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. It's straight up a video game. It's like watching Double Dragon without without the kung fu. Really? What, no wait, no wait. No, that's kung fu. It's just ridiculous. I love. Double Dragon. You love, it's, it's. I grew up with that, and I loved the video game. Okay, you'll you'll really like you'll really like Big Trouble in Little China because Kurt Russell. You would think he's the lead role. No, he's really just a comedy relief. And really? He, and he carries himself like he's supposed to be the hero, but no, he just. Stumped. Wait, wait, wait. Who was in Criminal? Uh, Kevin Costner. Val. Oh, I thought it was Val Kilmer. <laughs> Did you mix him up already? <laughs> yeah. Wait, who did you say it was? Kevin Costner? Yeah, Kevin okay. Costner. He was the comedic relief. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Sorry. You said comedic relief, and I was like, criminal. Criminal. Yeah. That's you a... still haven't seen that one clip. <laughs> where where he goes in a circle? Yeah. I'm not going to. Yes, you are. No. I bet you it's online now. No, I'm not. Why are you looking it up now? <laughs> because as soon as we're done. Oh, fuck me. We're going to record <laughs> for three hours now. Uh, no. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh yeah, is this so is there anything else you want to add to Escape from New York? Um, nope. That water wants to add something to it. I know. It's like bloop. Yeah, all right. Anyway. 
So yeah, I mean, what's your what's your what's your ultimate ultimate? What is your ultimate opinion of Escape from New York? It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. Um, I definitely didn't hate it. Okay, that's I good. think I was starting to fall asleep because I was tired. But sometimes it could get a little crazy, mm. so it was kind of hard to pay attention to what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, especially the ending. Oh I, yeah, it really picks up. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and then how it ended, like with the tape. Yeah. So yeah, we're three for three for John Carpenter films. Yeah. So I think we're gonna stop there. No, I'll show you big. No, I'll show you his other his older stuff, and then we won't touch his new stuff at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so those movies, uh, Parasite and uh, Escape from New York, they tackle the subject of social class, of hierarchy (laughs) when, you know, the government or when the when the 1% is essentially took over, has taken over the land and it's kind of fucking over the lower class. Yep. Kind of like our current state of our of our of our uh, economy right now. Yes. Society. So, I thought it was funny how we, so having to pick that movie, because we were going to do Parasite, we were going to review it before. Yeah. And, you know, things got in the way and whatever. We still haven't to do it now and how bad things are turning out. It just seems like the perfect timing for, uh, both, for know, both these films. Since we're going to be in World War Three now. Yeah. We're all going to die. Woo. Woo. <laughs> uh, other than that, that's going to be it for our show for this week. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, let me see. Our intro and outro music is done by Lee Lou Allen. Uh, you can find his music with his band, TheElectricWest.com. Um, let me see. Hit us up on iTunes for those five-star review, five reviews. Uh-huh. Uh, Kelsey's so eager to play with her cat right now. Now she's sleeping. Oh, she's so cute. I'm going to leave her. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave her, sure. I will, because I don't want her awake in the middle of the night wanting to get outside. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, yeah, it's, follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that kind of stuff. You can find our episode on all podcast catchers, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, um, shit, Stitcher, and everywhere else. And uh, that's going to be it for our this episode for the week. Um, next week, we are finally going to do... 1917. 1917, Sam Mendes. Our geriatric cinematic is going to be the John Woo classic, Hard Boiled. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we choose that one again? Track shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, Impressive yeah. track shots. That's why we're doing that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, check out 1917 uh, before uh, next week's episode and check out Hard Boil so you guys can, you know, come along on this little journey as we dissect these films, uh, dissect cinema history. That's about it. <laughs> yep, as we end with a bunch of dogs barking outside. Is that dogs barking? Yeah. All I'm hearing is whoop, 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 whoop. It's dogs, whoop. something's going on. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that's that's about it. Uh, we want to bid you guys adieu. Anything else you want to say, Kelsey? No. Well, no. I want to wait for your ending. Now there's a dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a line. I can't remember what I was going to say now for this year. Fuck. Oh, you had a new one? I was going to say something else. I don't remember. Anyway, that's it. We're going to say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we love you.